friends. Welcome to another episode of the IT Business Podcast. I am your host, Uncle Marv, and we are streaming live from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where it is a lovely day. I have with me two buddy old pals from the state of Texas, Matt and Trent from the local circuit. Guys, how you doing? Uh, pretty good. How are you? <laughs> Come with that energy, guys. <laughs> doing good, Marvin. Doing good. Thanks for uh, having us on. We're from Texas. We don't need to get all that hyped up. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you see our Jera on his uh, uh, press conference? I don't have time to waste time. <laughs> Whatever he said. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys aren't Dallas fans, are you? Oh, I, I try to be. I try, <laughs> try to be. To be. <laughs> it's it's a bit frustrating at times. So I bet it is. All right. Well, for those of you joining us uh, for the very first time, this is the IT Business Podcast, where we share product stories and tips, all in an effort to help you run your business better, smarter, and faster. If you have joined us before, welcome back. And uh, we'll see what we can do for you this evening. The show is presented to you by NetAlly. NetAlly is your ally for network design, troubleshooting, all of the good things that you can do with a handheld tester, everything from checking a cable to finding duplicate DHCP servers. Even doing a Wi-Fi analysis, your friends at NetAlly will be able to help. Our live show is brought to you by Computers Done Right, an IT services provider out of Southwest Florida that not only can repair your PC, monitor your network, they can also do web design and social media support. So for all your needs... Computer-related, go to computersdoneright.com. And for friends that want to get together and have a great time, learn some great tips and strategies with other business owners, this September 16th through the 18th, join us in Chicago for the 2022nd Annual TechCon Unplugged, hosted by our good friends over at MSP Unplugged. And when I say 2022nd, that doesn't mean that there's been 2022. That just means the 2022 version of the annual TechCon Unplugged Conference. That is going to be a fantastic time where you can sit alongside other business owners, vendors, and share the stage together, swap ideas, techs helping techs, and that is going to be a fantastic event. Head over to TechCon Unplugged. If you haven't gotten your ticket yet, use the discount code IT. BP for IT Business Podcast, and then 7-5 off. So IT, BP, 7-5 off, and save yourself 75 bucks off the ticket price there. So I should ask, Matt, uh, have you been to a TechCon yet? I have not. Uh, not yet. I almost went to the last one, but didn't, uh, didn't make it and haven't, haven't, uh, hadn't had the pleasure yet. Have you guys been traveling at all post COVID? Well, not post COVID, but um, not for work. We're lined up to go to DattoCon 
uh, September. So that'll be our first uh, first work venture. We we signed up to go to it last year in Seattle, and uh, they canceled it, I guess, right before. And we already had a tickets and whatnot, so we went ahead. A uh, couple of us went ahead and took a trip anyway to Seattle and hung out, even though Datacon wasn't there. But uh, this this September will be our first work trip, I guess, since uh, since all that craziness started. What'd you do? Have unrefundable airline tickets? No, uh, but it was just a time to get away. So just made the best of it. All right. So So as I mentioned, these guys are from local circuit IT. Matt is the owner. Trent is, I believe you're the big number two in charge now. Is that correct? Uh, If if that's what you want to call it. (laughs) (laughs) I'd, I'd, I'd say he's number two. Yeah. Well, you are. What What is the title? Senior technician or something or executive director? I don't know. <laughs> something fancy. <laughs> I think it changes from week to week. depending on how it works. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. So to give people a little bit of history, uh, Matt, you and I go back to, I don't know, it's 2015, 2016. Uh, we met at a conference that was at the time SolarWinds. Um, their SolarWinds MSP conference. And back then, we were just two, you know, snotty nose kids running business. No, it wasn't that far. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. Uh, but things have changed for you in all oh, these many years. Um, I think you, you did have Trent at the time, right? Or did you mm-hmm. just get him? Yeah, he's been with me, what, eight eight years? Yeah, like I started I started working with you in 2014, so it's been, I think, eight years now. Yeah, eight years. Wow. All right. And Since now he was a wee lad. A wee lad. <laughs> so, yeah, we've changed quite a bit since then. I don't think we ever went to another SolarWinds conference after that. No, we did not. We did not. But now you've got, uh, how many do you have on staff? Was it seven, eight, nine? No, it's just three of us at the moment. So I've got. That's uh, not what your website Trent, says. <laughs> Trent and another guy, uh, Chris, who's actually pretty new with us uh, last couple months, and then uh, a few contractors here and there that do odds and end work for us as as needed. So all right, uh, I try to try to keep the staff as limited as possible, as long as it keeps our customer service at the level that we want it. So, um, so. We're probably going to add another technician probably later this year. We've got a couple other clients looking to pretty much come on board when the new fiscal year starts in October for some of the municipalities we work for. So uh, we'll need another set of hands to do some of the tech work and whatnot. So we'll probably be adding another position here pretty soon. All right. And it was a couple of years ago that you were doing the transition to full MSP. Um, getting rid of residential customers and people that would not agree to sign a contract. So are you fully there yet? Oh yeah. Yeah. We're, we're there. We've been there a while. Uh, we've got uh, a good uh, guy in town that handles all of our residential work. Uh, so if somebody, somebody gets through our front door on our phones and still looking for residential, that's, that's where we push them off to. He handles pretty much all of that. And I've got a, uh, another buddy who is another MSP that actually still does, you know, time and materials type work uh, that will push uh, any, you know, kind of break fix stuff too. Uh, 
a guy I've known for a long time. So we don't don't overstep the bounds, don't poach anybody's clients or anything. So he uh, he kind of takes care of any any hourly stuff that may come our way that uh, that we don't handle anymore. We are 100 percent. Well, I'd say 99.5 percent full MSP. Uh, you know, on contractor, or we don't work with you. And we still have, you know, a few of those people hanging on that we've just supported for years that uh, call us every now and then. And we're, we like them enough to, to help them out uh, from time to time, but we don't make a, don't make a habit of it. Now, when it comes to new customers that you bring on, what, what types of requirements might you have in place for a best case scenario with a client? What, what, what is it that you want when you bring on a new client? Uh, I mean, we have a minimum of five computers uh, up to however many. Uh, we just don't have any plans that start smaller than five. Got a couple people that are smaller than five, but they pay that that five uh, PC rate. Uh, uh, as far as what we look for, I mean, really, you know, we don't have a vertical. Uh, we're, we're all over the place, which I like. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of several municipalities we work for, police departments, city halls, and then, you know, law firms and vet clinics and just anything in between. So uh, I think that's played a, a big part of us not struggling as much as some other, you know, MSPs have over the last couple of years whose verticals may have been affected by, you know, the pandemic and people shut down and things like that but uh, as far as what we look for just you know uh, small medium-sized businesses to value technology uh, we've kind of changed up our our sales process to where you know we have a right fit call uh, before anything you know sit down with them through zoom or teams and go over what we do what they're looking for find out you know how they value technology in their business you know go over how we service people uh, you know, that type of thing to make sure we're right fit before we waste anybody's time and going on site. Uh, so and that's that's really helped out, I think, as far as, you know, our sales process. Uh, it's been pretty successful uh, since we've implemented that, um, you know, that way we're only on site looking at people who have a serious inquiry about us and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, it's, it's worked out pretty well that, you know, we'll do the right fit call. Uh, I'll give them some rough numbers. Uh, if that's in their budget, then we schedule an onsite to go out and you know make sure what they're telling us is accurate, and then we'll fine tune the numbers or tell them what we gave them is what it is, and and go from there. All right. Now, the fact that you don't have a vertical is that by design? Is it because of the nature of your area? Uh, I don't even know how big Denton is or how small it is, but <laughs> uh, I mean we. It's really not, I mean, not by design. It's just the way it kind of happened. Um, you know, when, when I bought the business uh, back in 2006, it was, you know, we were just servicing residential and anybody and everybody. And that's kind of the, you know, I think the way a lot of businesses, especially when they're small, they, they're taking any paycheck they can take to keep the business going. But, you know, as we've kind of grown and fine-tuned our services and what we want to do, I mean, it's just, it's, you know, I, I don't see a need to focus on a vertical, you know, and like I said, I think it's been beneficial. You know, if you were dealing with dentist office or doctor's office or something during the COVID, you probably were hurting quite a bit because, you know, they just weren't doing what they were doing normally. So, uh, but with us being so widespread, uh, you know, it kind of evened out uh, and working for the government, it's been nice. That's pretty much a guaranteed paycheck, you know, no matter how bad it gets outside. So um, yeah. that's, that was a big help. 
So I work with a lot of lawyers, so people were still suing during COVID. So <laughs> didn't have to worry about that. Now, with the way that your business is set up, so Trent, I know, like I said, I, I knew you uh, when we first met. And how has it uh, been for you to go through this transition? Uh, I mean, honestly, moving from the you know the break fix to the MSP, it's it's been a relief to say the least. I mean, it's a, it's a lot easier uh, with our particular business, I guess. I mean, the stack is uniform, so you know what to expect when you come in. Pretty much, I mean, all of your all of your issues are very similar. You know, they have to fix. Uh, I honestly, I mean, obviously, it's not my business, but I think it was the right move for Matt and the local circuit just in general. You know, it's uh, I. I think it, I mean, I think it was the right move for him. So I've been happy. I mean, obviously I'm still happy here. So, so you think it was the right move. So did he ask you, did he, you know, come to you and say, Hey, this is what I'm thinking of doing. Do you approve, disapprove? Uh, I don't really remember it being like so much like that, but I, I, I remember being excited about it the way that he was telling it. It's cause I mean, like uh, the break fix is fun. It's repetitive. I mean, it's, it's probably decent enough money, but it's not consistent, obviously, you know? Um, but to, I mean, for, I think that the way that the conversation was, is it was just like, Hey, I'm, we're thinking about going this way. I, mean, I think I was at one of the solar, is it solar ones back in the day? Is that what it, one of those conferences? And it was, uh, I mean, I, I, I think that, Matt may have picked up that it was that's the way that the industry is moving for you know a lot of people and whatnot, but it uh, yeah I mean I don't, I don't remember it so much but I just remember him talking about it I mean it's been years ago now it feels like I and I I was excited about it it was just it felt natural for the progression of it and everything. All right, and now this past year you guys were I don't understand how this contest thing was going but you guys were up for best of in the in the denton area so what happened with that uh last year we were either second or third i mean it's a thing that's put on by the the local paper uh where you and i think there's a lot of cities do it uh you know just put it out there uh people get to nominate their favorite small businesses in the area uh, under a multitude of categories, uh, one of which is business IT services, one of which is computer repair services. And uh, I think last year, last, I mean, we've been on the list of the top three since they've started it, uh, to the best of my knowledge. Um, they just had it again this year. Uh, they'll announce the, uh, the outcome of it uh, next month. Okay. Uh, I think on the 19th, I think. All right. So they sure. haven't uh, announced it yet. Now, is this something where most of the time I hear about that's this, it's usually through like the chamber of commerce or, you know, a lot of the civic organizations that you might be a part of. Do you guys do that? Or are you just lucky enough to have loyal customers that nominate you? That's our customers, man. They love us. That's what it is. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it, it, anybody can nominate anybody, uh, you know, and then I think they, they do the nominations and then they take the top three people and put them in there and then you get to vote on, um, on the top three and you get a winner, a second place and a runner up, uh, you know, they'll get to advertise in the paper and get plaques and that's what all that kind of stuff is right over there. It's just a whole shelf. <laughs> of them. Okay. Uh, I know you're pointing and for audio listeners, that means nothing, but even for people that are looking at the video, it's a blur. Blur. Well, I'm, hold on a second. Let me see what I can it do. Just, it looks like a bookshelf is what that there looks we go. like. There we go. So, 
So we have our stack of stuff over there. It could just be pictures, you know, from, you know, Target or (laughs) TJ Maxx or something. (laughs) It's Trent. All those are just Trent and his dogs. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there you go. Dogs uh, plural? Yeah, we've enjoyed it. I mean, it's got us some good uh, good publicity. uh, And, uh, you know, you get your... Get your name in the paper. You get a plaque. Uh, they send out a special publication featuring everybody who won and uh, summaries about their business and, and that type of thing. Uh, so we'll see what uh, what happens here in a few weeks. All right. So now let's get into the business itself. Now, since you made the change, Trent alluded to an, a point earlier that everything is now uniform. So have you standardized the stack? Across all customers, everybody has the same products? Pretty much. We spent a good chunk of probably the last six to 12 months doing that. Uh, I've got a ginormous spreadsheet that goes across all three of my monitors where I've got checks and highlights of who needs to get what. And I would probably say at this point, we are 90 plus percent uniformed in our stack across all of our clients, uh, which, which I'm very happy about. And and if I were to you know ask you what's in your stack, would you feel comfortable in, in telling that to the listeners? What's currently in your stack now? Yeah, yeah, I've got no issue with that. Uh, I mean, we kind of started our firewalls, or we run Cisco Meraki. All of our, our access points and switches are all Unify, which are both Meraki and Unify are kind of hard to get your hands on these days. But uh, that's kind of our our physical stack. Um, AV, we're running Silence. Uh, you know, we've got our email for mail protector, uh, solutions granted for, you know, our, our, our silence and we utilize them for our 365 threat monitoring, um, integration. Uh, what else is there? Uh, we run Synologies at all of our, uh, locations for onsite backups and 365 local backups and as far as in addition, their cloud backups, um, cloud backups are all, uh, Enable, which is now out of the blue, turned into Cove, which, <laughs> yeah, you know, as they do with most of these things, change names every six months. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's that's pretty much pretty much our standard deal. Yeah. Uh, move anybody off of Google Mail, Gmail, everybody's on 365. Um, yeah, so it's it's made our life a lot easier right now. A bane of our existence is just seems to be printers. Uh, yep. As in trying to find a way to manage them or just the fact that people call you about them? Trent? <laughs> uh, <laughs> both, definitely. I mean, like, there's, it seems to be in my experience, at least, like, that there's no two printers that are pretty much the same unless they're the same model, you know, like, but it's, I mean, it's just always something that's different with them. I, I, I hate printers, just to be 100% honest, you know, it's like, uh, it, but it is what it is. I mean, everybody has to have them, even though we're supposed to be moving towards this like paperless society or whatever. But it's you know they they still exist in every office. But it's the scanty email stuff always breaks, or Gmail switches their security, so you have to use app passwords and whatnot. And it's just always I don't know. It just seems like it's always something with them. But it, I mean, managing them. I don't. Do we really manage printers? I don't know if I consider it too much managing them. It's just really supporting them when they something goes wrong with it. And, you know, it's. I don't know. It's- well, the reason I say that is because, of course, HP, you know, screwed us all when they made it to where, you know, you had to have what, 
150 grand in toner sales or whatever to, <laughs> to sell the printers. Um, because HP did have some good tools to manage printers and, you know, you could be alerted when toner was low. So it was a great way to tell your customer, look, don't, don't buy crappy toner from your copier company. Let us support that and stuff. And ever since they did that, it's, it has been a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We used to push HP printers a hundred percent, but, uh, I'd say last year or two, we've been venturing off to brother and Canon and whatnot, just, you know, not just from the toner standpoint, but I mean, the stupid software that they HP tries to make, uh, uh, sign into scan and everything. Yeah. Uh, it's like, well, the scan to email was a huge issue. I, I think I had five or six clients affected by Google making their change. Uh, what was it in March when they did that? And, yeah, and then all of a sudden it was the app passwords for everything. But I, yeah, I, I think it was. It had to be. It was late March or yeah. early April, something like that. Yeah. All right. Let me get. Uh, we have a question from the chat. Going back to your stack, uh, Matt. The question: Are most of your M three sixty five clients on business premium using Endpoint Manager, etc.? Uh, no, we don't utilize Intune or any of the things like that from Microsoft just yet. Um, we, I mean, our email, we kind of handle it differently. I mean, we're, uh, we're kind of what I call a hybrid shop. So when we sell, we base it off of computers and then employees that need, you know, email uh, access and things like that. We have a lot of clients, vet clinics, police departments, things like that, who share so many computers. They have way more users than they do computers. So we kind of set it up our pricing in a hybrid uh, situation. So we kind of sell our stuff in three levels uh, as far as that's concerned. Kind of business uh, basic paired with all of our email security, phishing filter, email filter, security filters, that type of thing business standard and then we kind of go up from there depending on uh you know what that specific person needs so uh all of our endpoint management's done through synchro uh right now uh, we just haven't uh haven't picked up on the on the microsoft uh stuff just yet so, now are you a microsoft csp or who are you using to resell 365 to your clients we're a pax8 partner PAX 8? Uh, okay. so that's mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's who we get a hundred percent of our three sixty five through. Uh, they got good margins for for guys like us, and, uh, and plus that you know just I like having you know as many software licenses we can buy in one place from one one place uh, in one bill a month uh, is beneficial from bookkeeping and, and things like that. Uh, so we, we get a hundred percent of our three sixty five from them right now. All right. Now I had a note here, so you are using Cisco Meraki. Now, are you using the real Cisco Meraki stuff or are you using the Meraki Go wannabe stuff? No, we use the real stuff. Uh, a lot of our clients are on the, yeah, the uh, MX64, 67, okay. yeah. 64 wireless, that kind of thing. Got a few bigger ones out there. Uh, we kind of, you know, even though we're standardized, we kind of judge that particular device by the, the needs of, you know, the client. Uh, so if they have more, we buy a bigger one. If not, then we get a smaller one that fits their needs and their budget and that kind of thing. So, All right. And then for the Synologies and the backups, are you using just the built-in active backup stuff or the hyper backup? And 
then where are you putting your your data in the cloud? Uh, I mean, all the cloud backups, you know, if it's servers, uh, they all have, you know, we, we're, we're layered on everything. So uh, servers is using enabler code, whatever you want to call it, uh, for our cloud backups. And then we also utilize their, uh, we call it ransom protect, but they call it their documents backup. So every individual PC that we manage has that on there. Uh, it's, you know, they don't back up everything, but they back up, you know, mission critical office type files, Word documents, PDFs, that kind of thing. Uh, and what made us kind of go that route was, you know, we were only backing up servers and unless that was something specifically asked for. And, you know, everybody works off of map drives and, you know, got to the point to where, you know, they say they worked off of map drives, but they were dragging files to their local desktop and then screwing it up or losing it. And so we just decided to add that to part of our package so that uh, no matter what they do, we, we've got a copy of it somewhere. But uh, as far as the Synology, we, we do use the active backup for uh, a local backup of uh, clients 365 environments. Uh, just to have a local copy of it. Uh, we also do utilize the Cove, uh, you know, 365 backup. So we've got it in both places. Uh, as far as other backups, we we use and I have used for years a company called, uh, it's, it's backup for work groups for a local backup. Um, and it backs up. It's from a company called Lockstep Systems. Um, it's just a, a local backup uh, for our servers that we can back up to hard drives or NAS boxes. Allows us to do full recoveries, um, you know, revisioning, all that kind of stuff for, you know, next, uh, I think it's a license like uh, retails for 200 bucks. So any of our clients that have servers, uh, that's part of the onboarding process is, is you know, all those that, that stack of backup systems. All right. Did you, did I remember you using Datto at any point? Used to a long time ago. I started using them, you know, kind of right when they released their, you know, first version of their Alto systems. Uh, used them for a little bit, uh, but they're, I think they have a good product. Uh, they're just priced a little high for what we like and what a lot of our clients like. Um, and we've been able to effectively, you know, back up, recover everything we need to uh, with the other systems we have in place. So it's not something we currently utilize. All right. Anything else about the stack that uh, stands out? Yeah. Uh, let me see. Uh, looking at my spreadsheet. Trent, Rockies, Trent what are you working with on a daily? Cubed. I'm sorry. What was that, Matt? I said Dart Dart Cubed is oh. another big one that we use. Um, it's you know when we looked at our stack, we had a layer of everything except for our you know firewall security. Uh, discovered them right when they were kind of starting off, so I've been uh, been with them since really early days of their company uh, to my knowledge uh, and it's basically a, almost a set it and forget it type integration that integrates with certain firewall brands Meraki being one of them uh, they have a multitude of databases that they compare things to and can auto block you kind of set it up on a you know a one to t one to nine scale of uh, severity and you can block seven eight nine or eight and nine um, so they monitor all the traffic that comes in and out and then uh, even has an integration uh, through NetFlow with Meraki to add, you know, uh, sites that people are going to or that are malicious, uh, automatically add it to the block list on the firewall. Uh, so if they flag it, it integrates with Meraki, they block it and they can't ever go there again. Uh, and so it's, it's been been you know, I, I love it. I mean, it's, uh, like I said, it's a, almost a set it and forget it type thing. 
Um, you know, I'm shocked at the amount of stuff that, you know, sometimes gets past Meraki that gets blocked by them. So it's, it's always good to have a, another layer of something on there. All right. Well, that's good to know. Dark Cubed is one of the sponsors at the TechCon Unplugged conference. So I will be meeting them for the first time there. Uh, see how that goes. So Trent, while he was going through that, I was going to ask you in terms of what you've been doing on a daily basis, what stands out to you in the stack that you like and, you know, what's kind of like the big, uh, the big project that stands out in your mind that, that you've done recently. Oh man. Um, I don't know if we, if there's been any like big projects that I can think of. I mean, we've been keeping busy. I, 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 the whole stack concept is like, um, it was obviously foreign to me before working here, it's, but it's just nice just cause it's, I mean, I don't think that there's much selling that you need on a unified stack like that. I ever, everything's the exact same. So, I mean, uh, I don't know of any big projects we've been pushing out. Does he, does he let you leave the office? <laughs> uh, <laughs> only on Tuesdays. <laughs> only on Tuesdays. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. I guess I don't know how to answer that one. <laughs> okay. boss, I think our boss, big, big what's project he allowed to we're, say? <laughs> we're, I mean, we're, we're starting to evaluate our, all of our clients as far as, you know, starting to uh, move them to, to Azure. Uh, that's, oh. that's our, that's our big thing probably through the rest of the year. Uh, yeah. You know, we've got a lot of servers that are coming up for renewal, that type of thing. So we're, trying to evaluate, you know, is it worth them having that type of hardware in their office? Can they get by without it? Do we need to do a hybrid setup? Uh, you know, that kind of thing. So that's, that's kind of our big, uh, big push for the rest of the year anyway. And, um, other than that, I mean, I think the biggest thing we've been doing or I've been doing anyways, uh, you know, we, we've got, we've had several, I think two, not several, but uh, since our police departments have to go through, you know, government audits, we've been handling a couple of those over the last six months uh, that come up every so often. Got to go through a pretty big stack of, you know, uh, requirements that the the state and federal government require over those guys on how to how to keep their data, how to back it up, what they can and can't do, and where can they have Wi-Fi networks and you know, so you got to go through that whole whole audit process and let them review it and come back and uh, tell you if you pass or fail or what you got to change and you know that kind of thing. So, dealing with the municipalities, um, I'm trying to look. I just had a call. One of my not for profits that is going through a new building uh, ran into somebody who offered a free network assessment, and she. Uh, <laughs> She said, I don't think we need this, but because they're offering it to us free, can you chat with them? And it was a lady who actually wasn't really there for the network assessment. Once I told her, I said, listen, I, I do the Wi-Fi stuff. I've got, you know, Ruckus we use and NetAlly for my tester. She's like, oh, okay, well, we're not going to touch that. But she works for an organization that is uh, doing with this public safety networks which the way she described it to me is all of the public buildings have to have some sort of either backup or redundant Wi-Fi and access for first responders and stuff like that. Are you guys dealing with anything like that when you're working with the municipalities? Uh, I mean, the biggest thing is we've got a deadline of, I believe, if memory serves me correct, 72 hours if there was a total 
loss of building or you know infrastructure that type of thing to have them back up and running really? uh, other than that i mean as far as redundant power and all that kind of stuff that's that's out of our our realm um i don't have any kind of redundant backup i mean a lot of our pds you know run hot spots uh that are specifically you know set up to integrate uh, with the county systems and things like that so they could operate uh, a good chunk of it outside the building if if something was to happen but uh, you know we've we've got very specific protocols we have to follow if we if any of their what they call CGIS data leaves the building um, it's got to be you know encrypted a certain way we've got to be able to document how it's encrypted who has the keys where it's sitting is it being processed outside of the building at all? I mean, it's it's very very in depth um, what they what they want to know, and, and rightfully so. But uh, but it's uh, you know once once you get the hang of it, I mean, it's pretty pretty straightforward. I mean, most of our clients follow that kind of uh, procedure anyway. Uh, but the big thing is for the government is uh, really the backup storage. Uh, that seems to be where they're where they like to get a lot of the details you know the police departments you can't have wireless networks that supposedly extend past the boundary of the building which is kind of hard to do sometimes but uh, you know there's about a 30 page requirement document you got to go through to make sure everything is set up properly so are you saying that if they walk outside the building to the parking lot they should not be able to get wi-fi once they walk outside in in theory, like I mean, okay. it's there are Wi-Fi networks outside of the building, but they're usually segmented off uh, to take care of their. You know, we have all our apartments are pretty much set up with the company. You know, something like WatchGuard that takes care of their body cams and their car cameras. So we've got Wi-Fi networks outside of the building to where if they come in range with their car, even if they're just driving by, that the car will hook up and start downloading, uh, you know, the dash cam footage and things like that. So there are networks out there. They have to serve a purpose. They've got to be set up a certain way. But, uh, you know, their their internal networks that may have access to, uh, you know, government data has to be, uh, you're supposed to limit it uh, as much as you can anyway uh, to to being inside the building. Now, how much, how much of your network activity has to be documented? I know you said a lot of the backup stuff does, but are you having to keep logs of, you know, file access and if something gets removed from the network or anything like that, are you, are you having to get that deep in your logs? Uh, we basically have a, you know, you've got to turn on your auditing on your server, your file file level, ser- you know, auditing so that it keeps track of things like that. But, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. All right. And you got to do things, you know, people can't share network credentials. Everybody's got to have their own, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, uh, what else is there? I mean, that's, and that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's, 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 I don't think it's any different than what you do at most businesses, but it just has to be documented to meet the specs that, uh, that the government wants. So, um, it's not hard. It's just more time consuming than anything. Uh, and then, you know, dealing with auditors, you've got the same answer for two different police departments that go to two different auditors and one passes it and one doesn't, you know, cause he, you know, for one reason or another. So you've got to kind of tiptoe around that sometimes, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not hard. You just follow, you know, unfortunately, it's not like HIPAA where they say you got to do this, but we're not going to tell you how. Uh, they're, they're very specific in the types of encryption you use and, and that type of thing. So. All right. Troy, did we, uh, Trent, did we lose you? 
Oh, no, 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 I'm still here. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just listening. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that all sounds interesting. So let me uh, let me switch gears here. I'm going to ask Trent a question. Trent, do you know what dial-up internet is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had dial-up growing up back in the day. Oh, how things have changed, I suppose, man. But, well, uh, let me tell you how much more they've changed. Did you hear this today? In the news, Apple will no longer help you set up a dial-up modem on your Mac. So today, just today, Apple released their latest Mac OS called Ventura. It is now in beta 4, and it is available for developers. And while it technically isn't packed with new features, it does come with one very interesting change. They have uh, made it to where you cannot use a dial-up modem connection to get to the internet. So uh, that is uh, very. And now that I'm a Mac guy, so I, you know, I keep up on this news. Oh boy, I I can't think of the last time I've even seen anybody use a dial-up. I mean, like last time I seen anything about it was like the free AOL CDs hanging up at the Walmart or whatever, you know. <laughs> so it's probably a good change for them. Yeah. Yes, it is. And for our Florida man story, gentlemen, I have three stories from which to choose. And I will let you guys select who wants to uh, be the designated chooser here. Oh, you, Trent. Oh, perfect. All right, Trent, story number one, number two, or number three? Let's go with number three. Oh, number three. Let me tell you the stories that you passed up on. Story number one. Florida man tried to enter Space Force base and warn of U.S. aliens versus Chinese dragons. Oh, (laughs) Florida man for sure. (laughs) Number two, Florida man missing eye after canine attack, police say. Dog temporarily removed from duty. (laughs) And the story you chose, number three. Florida man accused of stealing over 100 bronze vases from graves at cemetery. Oh, boy. <laughs> a Pinellas County man is accused of stealing over $150,000 worth of memorial vases off grave sites in a St. Petersburg cemetery. Deputies say he scrapped the heavy metal vases for cash, claiming he found them near the grounds. So Douglas Deck Jr. is now in the Pinellas County Jail, charged with six felonies, four counts of dealing in stolen property, damaging or removing a tomb or monument, and drug possession, of course. (laughs) After a quarter gram of fentanyl was found in a baggie in his pocket. So, well, looking at his yeah. picture, he, he looks a bit confused at why he's arrested. So, <laughs> but, but uh, the fentanyl probably has something to do with that. Yep. But here's the thing: um, the company took it and scrapped it. I mean, that's just insane. Well, you'd think they'd have some questions that if he had uh, that that what is it, six hundred and sixty-one pounds of it, and that's. Yeah, I was trying to look in the story to see if maybe they took it to the back and called the cops. It says but, he pocketed uh, $1,150 of it, 
but the brass was valued at $150,000. Yeah. I think so he, he got the So they the gave him they gave him 1% <laughs> they gave him 1% of the value. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then they were going to turn around and probably resell it, right? Yep, yep, yeah. They they made off good with that, I guess. Yeah. If they didn't have to turn it back in. Okay. All right, guys. So um, that's pretty much it for the show. Thank you guys for hanging out. Yep. Appreciate yep. you having us on. All right. And for those of you watching and or listening, thank you for joining us. Uh, be sure to head over to itbusinesspodcast.com and catch other episodes. Last week, I had a fantastic solo, solo show uh, entitled Stand Your Ground. And I do need to announce that next week, there will not be a live show as I will be traveling to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, I mentioned in previous shows that I will be up there doing a network assessment. Uh, one of the listeners called me and asked me if I could take my green machines up there and help them figure out some network issues. So I will be doing that. I fly in on Wednesday. We do the assessment on Thursday. So if anybody in the Pittsburgh area would like to hang out sometime Thursday night, I think we're going to try to do a little get together and uh, have dinner after I do the network assessment. So we're, I forget exactly. I don't know the area, but I know the, the client is in an area called Philmet, which is, I believe, in the northeast area of Pittsburgh. I know that's more than three hours drive from Philadelphia, so I don't expect Mike Smith to see me. But anybody that is in the Pittsburgh area, we'd love to see you there. Uh, there will be a podcast release next week. I'm going to be doing an interview with a software distributor that I think you guys will enjoy. And then in two weeks... The Battle of Swag will continue. A few weeks ago, I had uh, Mike Slodowski from Magnus Box on, and he threw down the gauntlet that he was going to win the, the swag contest at this year's TechCon Unplugged. Well, Matt and Ramey from Tech Marketing Engine will be the first to throw their hat in the ring, and I'll find out uh, if they will give us any hints on what swag they will be bringing to the conference. So that'll be in two weeks. So uh, that'll be it. So I want to thank Matt and Trent for hanging out and being on the show. And uh, we'll be back with another episode real soon. Guys hang out. Don't disappear on me, but for everybody else, thank you for listening to the show. And until next time, holla. <laughs>